Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Uh, this year we have been talking about what? Love, Love right? So um, this subject is very close to my heart. And even last week I shared about uh, my journey and understanding God's love in my life. So I also shared that I accepted Jesus in my heart when I was like seven years old. Uh, but I accepted Jesus in my heart with the promise of eternal salvation. And I kind of accepted because I wanted to be a deliver of out of the consequences of sin. So it's how I learned to how be in church. But I struggle to understand how to accept God's love in my journey outside of salvation and the promise of heaven. So, and how I struggle to accept God's love and how God's love could be present in my life at all times in my life, not only on Sundays or not only for salvation or to go to heaven one day. So I, ha- I struggle to apply God's love in my life. And, and it's really a wrong concept going around, and even in church, that everyone experiences God in a different way. So that everyone has their own personal experience with God. And that your experience with God can be different than my experience of Pastor Jose or Pastor Becky. And that is not totally correct. Because let me tell you something. What I know is that it's not that God provides a unique experience for Pastor Jose. Because as I know, it's God's love is for everyone who believes in him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. The world. So the world means me and you, George, Jomaira, everyone. So his love is available and free for the same, for me and you, for everyone in this room and those that are watching online. So the the same love is available for everyone who believes in him. That unconditional love, meaning that it's free, it don't depend on our actions, was freely given to us. His love is everlasting. That means that his love is eternal and unchanging, not limited to circumstances, remains constant. His love is extended to all people regarding all the backgrounds, cultures, and his love has the power to transform people. Love brings to seek the best of us, guide us towards a deeper relationship with God and with others. So if you are here and you're not having the same experience of love like Pastor Jose or Pastor Becky, if you are not experiencing this unconditional everlasting love, is that maybe you are seeking and receiving this love in the wrong way. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I was reading a material of a Russell um, Barkley, and I don't know if I'm, untra- I'm pronouncing his name correct, but he specialized in HDSD and child psychology. And he called in one of his um, 
a presentation that kids that need the most love will, will ask for love in the most unloving way. Kids that need the most love will ask for it in the most unloving ways. So this, this quote reflects a common observation of child psychology. Because children who experience trauma, neglect, or lack of nurturing may displace a challenging and even unloving behavior as a way to spread their distress. And they seek attention and care in an unloving way. Their action can be a manifestation of their unmet emotional needs rather than an accurate reflection of their true character. So I have been uh, reflecting in this phrase, and I have been meditating in my journey and, and discovering uh, God's love in my life. And this phrase kind of uh, suggests that individuals who may be deeply in need of love may not be expressing that need in a healthy way. Instead, their behavior and action may become across as unloving, dismissing the need of love that they really have. So people that need the most love will ask for love, sometimes in unloving ways. So really think about this phrase. This quote implies that people who may experience or may have experienced a lack of love or unmet emotional needs, when they come to Jesus, it can be possible that they are receiving Jesus as their savior as a cry of, of their need that they have, but they struggle in the journey of accepting the love of God effectively. And even we will be, maybe we are pushing God away so my intent in today's chat, I hope that we can understand the true concept of God's love, to be able to fully experience his love the way he intends to give you his love. And I'm going to call the message today, seeking for love in the most unloving ways. Can you put the title, please? Seeking for love in the most unloving ways. So it's a, it's a story in the Bible about a father and two sons. And this story reflects a father who was there to provide the same love to both of his sons. And, but they both approached the father in two different ways. Their capacity of understanding the rights, their rights as a sons and how much the father loved them was totally different. They were seeking and accepting uh, their father's love based on, the, on their own understanding and interpretation of love. So we're going to read, um, we're going to mention the story because it's a little bit long, but we're going to uh, mention the story of the par, uh, prodigal son that we can find in Luke 15, 11 to, the th to 32. You can read in your, in your home, but I know everyone Maybe love, maybe you know this story already. But this, this, this story refers to a father who had two sons. And the jungle was adventurous and eager to explore the world beyond the village. And the oldest son was responsible and content with their life and their family home. 
So one day the younger son approached the father and requested his share, his inheritance. So surprisingly, the father agreed, and so the son left to a far place, and quickly he spent his money, leaving him hungry. So with nowhere else to turn, the young man realized uh, after he spent all the money, the emptiness of his pursuits, and he decided to return home. And he was rehearsing this speech in his mind, hoping that the father would forgive him and, and at least to receive him back in the house after he spent all his money, uh, accepting him as at least as a servant to his, in his house. So meanwhile, the father was waiting and watching to, to have his, his son return. And he spotted his son coming back at the distance and filled with compassion, love, and joy. He runs toward his child with so excitement. And the son, overwhelmed by this extravagant display of love, he began to prepare his speech that he already prepared. But the, the father interrupted him, calling for a grand celebration instead. So this son, this, this, this father forgave his son and clothed him with the finest clothes, put a ring in his, in his hand, and throw and arrange a feast to welcome him back to the family. But on the, the story said that on the other side of the village was the oldest son working in the fields. And when he heard the commotion, he asked the servant, what, what is going on? And the servant said, hey, your brother returned, so that da your dad threw this big party for your brother. And he was so angry. He thought that was unfair. And he refused to join the festivities and because he thought that this guy spent my dad's money, and now my dad is throwing this party for him. And we're going to read Luke 15, 29, 32, the answer of the oldest brother, and he said, he was talking to his father and he said, for so many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours. And yet you never gave me a young goat so I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured you well with prostitute, you slaughtered the father called for him. And he said to him, son, you have been always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. So the prodigal son understood the transformative power of his father's love. He felt full of sin, guilty and ashamed. That's why he was preparing this speech. But he after he uh, overcome that and he received the love of his father, he was able to acknowledge that love. And he accepted that love. And he received the love, the reconciliation, and the restoration of his life, his title as a son. Now, the oldest son was living in the same house, but he never felt like a son. He felt like a servant. Wow. He was not able to understand the love of his father Everything was available at the reach of his hands, but was so difficult for him to understand that. Now, there is a few things we can learn in this story, 
And while we may struggle to fully accept the experience of God's love, because we can be in the church, like me, looking for salvation and for going to heaven, but missing to understand and accept the magnitude of God's love. It's good. It's good. Very good. So what I see and, 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 and what kept the prodigal son separated from his father was one, sin. Sin keeps us apart from God. It hinders our ability to fully experience his love for us. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So sin creates this barrier uh, that keeps us away from the perfect love of God. Number two was guilt and shame. What kept this son away from God? So feelings of guilt and shame can weigh heavily on a person, making it difficult to accept God's love. First John 1 9 say, But if we confess our sin, God will forgive us. We can trust God for, to do this. He always does what is right. He will make us clean from all the wrong things we had done. So confessing our sins and seeking forgiveness allow us to receive God's love and experience freedom from guilt and shame. Now, the prodigal son, with all his mistakes, when he removed sin, guilt, and shame, he was immediately connected and accepted his rights as a son. He was able to accept the love, accept uh, what comes from that title of being a son. The, the gifts, the, the ring, the, the festivities. Again, being saved is the first step into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. Now, it's not only sin, shame, and, and guilt that keep us apart from God. But I think what kept the other son separated from his father uh, from fully understanding the experience of the love of his father was a lack of alignment of who the father is and accepting who he was for his father. And now what I see in the other son is number one, lack of understanding of his rights as a son. The older son was in the same house, but he was a struggle. He was not struggling with sin, shame, or guilt. But he was not able to understand his rights as a son. The love and all that was around him that was available for him, but he, he was not able to understand that. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So the oldest son suffered all the time because he didn't know, he didn't know his father. He was in the, in the house struggling to accept the father's love since the moment he was born. He was able to, to fully understand and accept his rights as a son and the, grasp the depth and magnitude of his father's love. The other thing that I saw in the oldest son is that he had distorted views of his father's love. He imagined, he assumed his father's love. So distorted views and how we see love or how do we know love based on negative past experience can impact the way we accept God's love. If someone has been hurt or let down in relationships in the past, 
they may struggle to fully trust and embrace God's love. Romans 12, 2 say, and do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed with the love of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. His love is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we need to pray to God to re- that he can help us to renew our mind through studying the Bible and seeking his guidance to reshape our personal understanding of love and our personal perspectives of love. So the oldest son say to the father, uh, you never love me. You never have shown me your love. You never throw a body for me. And the father says, son, everything here is yours. But you never accepted, you never embraced that. So I remember when I was uh, growing up, when I was a child, I was seeking for God, love, love based on my, on my own interpretation of love. So my basic prayer to God was always, because it was kind of like a fear, because I wanted to go to heaven, and I wanted to one day to God, God, Jesus to come, and I'm, I did something bad. So every night I was like, God, forgive my sins, please. If you come, allow me to hear the trumpet so I can go to heaven. So it was fear. It was not that bad, but my, my prayer was always, God, forgive my sins. God, give me wisdom and intelligence. And it's nothing wrong with that because God answered those prayers in my life. But the problem was that I thought that God didn't care for little things. I thought that God didn't care for love stuff. He didn't care for the little details because a lot of people didn't care for details in my life in the past. Wow. I always felt like I was in a survival mode. And I prayed for protection, wisdom, and intelligence because I saw God as a tool. Give me some tools, and I, you give me some tools, I will make it. And so I thought that my, my, my father in heaven, I thought that he would not care if I felt broken. He would not care about my feelings, about my desires, about my dreams. Based on those past personal experience, I pushed God away. I used God as my benefit and the thing that I thought that he was able to provide. And my unloving approach of God was a lack of understanding and really a silent cry for a deep longing of love. And I was a, a, a child, a person who had a strong need of love and affection and intentionally didn't accept the love that God has there already provided for me. And I always read about verses in the Bible about joy and peace and the greatness of God, the glory of God. And when growing up in church, sitting here as a child, I was not able to connect what the pastor was reading here in the front about being joyful. And I was like, okay, why are we reading that if I don't see that in the faces of these people? I don't see that in my own face. Because we were so focused in salvation and the eternal prize that we were not enjoying the kingdom of God, the blessings that we were not bringing the kingdom of God to this earth, to our families, to our homes, to our children. 
So my actions were like the older brother of the story. My actions were coming from a place of insecurity, of lack of understanding, fear, and past emotional wounds. And those things were a barrier to receive the love I was craving. And in my journey with God, I was not focused on fully experiencing his love and an alignment of the things he thinks about me, on the things that he prepared already for me, his will for my life. And I was not focused on having a deep, intimate relationship that allowed me to enjoy his love, his peace, and every aspect of my life. Not only when it comes to salvation and going to heaven, but Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, to fully experience his love involves an ongoing process of transformation of who you are for, his, for your father. Growing a deep knowledge of what it is available for you through him. And surrendering everything that is not aligned to the plan that he has for you. Because sometimes we pick and choose what things are natural for us. So people that need the most love will ask for love in the most loving way. And I'm not sure what is your own concept of love or your own personal experience of love. I'm not sure how you are looking or receiving God's love. Maybe you are just um, looking for attention. Maybe you're just doing tantrums, requesting this and that. I want a miracle. I want that. I want a job. I want a child. I want a husband. I want this and that. So soon after you had that job, you feel again unhappy and unfulfilled just because you really didn't know what you were really seeking. And because you are seeking your own version of love. And sometimes we think that love is the gift, love is this, love is the miracle, love is the thing that I need. And we are like, instead jumping to place to another, doing tantrums. Or like me, I was not really seeking for love because I, don't, I didn't know what was that for me. I read the counsel of God's love in the Bible, but I was not able to understand that love. That was kind of like a, a Cinderella story for me. I was like, this is not real. So after I got married, I saw my husband, how he experienced God. And I saw how we had two different views of God. I saw how he was relying on God. I saw how he was taking his place as a son of God. And I was okay with my salvation and from some tools from God. And I pray for good tools, okay? <laughs> but I remember um, my first, almost my second year here in the U.S., almost 11 years ago, I was pregnant, pregnant, uh, cleaning homes, and my husband was struggling with an MS relapse. And I knew hey, I need to have a better income. I need another job. But I felt that I had everything to lose at that moment. I was pregnant and I, my English was like 10%. Uh, 
speaking and reading and writing. I, I didn't know how to, be, I was not fluent in English. And I thought that getting a job in my engineering degree was impossible. And my, house, my husband said, let's read the Bible and I, I need you to understand that everything is going to be okay. He was laying down on the bed, everything is going to be okay. I'm like, no, nothing is going to be okay. And he read this for me, Matthew 7, 7, 11. He said, ask, um, it's Matthew saying here about prayer. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock the door, it will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? You then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven will give you the things that you ask him? And to be honest, I sometimes receive the stone instead of the breath from my father, from my natural father. So when my husband was saying, everything is going to be fine, I thought, it can't be that easy. It has to be hard. It has to cost me something. God is busy with other things. I thought that I would be manipulating God and acting selfish and believing that he would provide what I needed at that moment. And even I started looking for jobs and um, a, in restaurants or stores. And I remember looking for a job far away from my house uh, as a selling cell phones or something like that. And I continued cleaning house here and there jobs that would not care about me being pregnant or me not being fluent in English. And I thought it was impossible to, to hope for other things from God outside of protection, wisdom, and intelligence. And I never had faith to believe that God cares for little things. And not little things, things that make you to lose sleep sometimes. But God was, was more interested to give me that job that he was more interested in me to learn in that lesson. And I continued reading that verse for a couple of weeks. And one day I was in my apartment and I started crying. And I knew that that cry was for healing because God was doing something in my life. Because I always felt I had to work hard because nothing was provided for me freely. So how I will believe the God care, how I will believe in this kind of love. So my actions were a manifestation or my unmet emotional needs. And I was not able to understand the accurate meaning of God's love. And that day, I remember, I cried too much. And God was healing me. And I was able to embrace his true love. I realized that God was different from everything that I knew. The day God showed me that he cares, that I just needed to believe. I just needed to believe the same way that my husband was believing. I just needed to embrace his love and understand how deep his love is for me far from the point of view of what I was pursuing 
beyond of anything I experienced before in my life. And most of you know the story of how God blessed me with my job 11 years ago. And really, really was a miracle because what's outside of my capacity, what's outside of what I knew, what's outside of the circumstances because I was 20 weeks pregnant, I didn't speak English, and I was um, requesting, or they were offering me a job as an engineer, and I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> but you know, more than the job, that period of time in my life, I was able to understand that God is outside of my own expectations. His love and his capacity to love me is outside of my natural way of looking for love. So the thing is with us in, in, interfering to accept God's love in our way, in our own way of interpretation of love, is that when you have your own concept of love, now this concept overlaps with the love that God wants to give you. Because his love never changed. His love is, has been there before that you were born. Because his love is reckless and overwhelming, extravagant, irrational sometimes. Nothing that your human nature can understand. This love is unrestricted and is willing to pursue you, to teach you his kind of love, yes. even when it appears that it's illogical or it's underserved. Because really, and when I try sometimes to, to explain my testimony to people, I only can say, I don't deserve what I have. I don't deserve. And you saw that little girl, five years old, you will never imagine that you will be here today. Come on. You will never imagine that I'm, I'm so blessed. Amen. Having a husband, having a family here in the States, having a great relationship with my mother and my brothers and my sisters. And really, I didn't have nothing, nothing growing up. Not only material things, but I didn't have the love that I needed. And my question to you today, is you really understanding God's love? Maybe you are here in the house like the older brother and saying, and you are mad because you see your crazy brother getting the party on. You see the crazy brother getting the ring on, the clothes on, and they having a great time in worship. And you say, why they have a different perspective of love when I'm not love? And you say, and You're experiencing that they have a different experience with God because your experience is different. Different than yours. <laughs> Only because you have a barrier. You have a barrier to receive his love. Just because you don't know how to ask for that love. 
Or maybe because you are asking for love in an unloving way. You are expecting for, expecting for that love in an unloving way based, based on your past experience or your own concept of love. So I want to pray with you today. And I want you to go home and meditate on your experience with God. How is your experience with God? That wrong concept that the, 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 the experience with God is unique. Yes, it's unique based on how the, you look for that love. But it could not be any difference in how God loved Pastor Jose and how God loved me, how God loved you. So take advantage of your rights as a son of God. Take advantage because you can be in the same house and you can have the same kind of experience of God's love, but you have to receive it. You have to receive it. I want you to go home and meditate on your own personal walk with God and your own personal experience with God. And I want you to reflect how it is. Do I feel fulfilled? Do I feel like a son? Or I feel like a servant? Do I feel jealous because I see Pastor Becky having the party on? the ring and the celebration and I feel so jealous because I don't have that you can have that because you are also a child of God it's not any different between Jessica or Jomaira or Gladys you are a child of God so you should be having the same experience don't accept God's love and why you f- it feels natural to you based on your past, based on your personal experience or perspective or understanding. And I want you to stand on your feet. I want to close with this verse. And this verse is a prayer. And I want to pray this for you. I want to pray this with you. Ephesians 3, 18, 19 say, I pray that you will be able to understand how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep his love is. I pray that you will be able to understand how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep his love is. I pray that you will know the love of Christ. I pray that you will know the love of Christ. His love goes beyond anything we can understand. His love goes beyond anything we can understand. I pray that you will be filled with God Himself. I pray that you will be healed for God. And you will be filled with God Himself. Father, I pray today together with my sisters and my brothers, Lord. I pray God that you are a you can reveal us, God, how long, how deep, how wide is your love, Lord. I pray that we are able to understand and accept the Lord, not as our unloving ways of knowing love, but as the way and how you intend to love us, Lord. God, I pray for those that are watching online, God. I pray for healing, Lord. I pray that as they walk in your journey, God, that their experience with you, God, go beyond salvation and heaven and the promise of heaven, but they can enjoy and they can bring 
your kingdom here on earth. They can bring your peace here on earth. They can bring peace and love in their homes, with their husband, with their kids. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, thank you for your transformative power of your love. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.